Hello and welcome to Out and About Emilovians. I'm your host, Jeremy Balfour. As part of my job as Member of the Scottish Parliament, I get to travel around Melovians, meeting interesting people and hearing about how the companies, charities and projects that they work for benefit and contribute to our community. On this podcast, I will share their stories. On today's episode, I am looking forward to be talking to Remco from Dalkeith Country Park. Well, here we are sitting in a big country park, Dalkeith Country Park. Just tell us a wee bit about the history of it. Okay, so Dalkeith Park Country Park has been here for for hundreds of years, really, I think. Uh, first developments probably came in the 18th century with Duchess Anna Buclou, who built Dalkeith Palace. Um, and since then, it's been uh, lifted by the family until the early 20th century. Um, uh, the palace was requisitioned during the First World War, family moved out, and since then the park has been largely dormant until 2005 when the, the plans for restoration yard, where we are today, uh, were brought to fruition. Um, and um, you know, people started to plan the project, this was finally delivered in 2015. So now we've got a restaurant, a shop, an adventure play park, and a lot more visitors really, I think. Again, those of us who have been brought up in Edinburgh, the Lovians, will remember it's a place that we used to come maybe to walk the dog mm-hmm. or maybe play at a play park. Um, wh- why the changes? Wh- wh- why has this happened? Well, and it's interesting you say that because when I first started here in 2017, um, I'd never heard of the place. And, and I used to speak to people in Edinburgh, say, Dockeith Country Park, and they would draw blank faces, really, I think. So over time, I think we're getting a little bit better known. I think uh, uh, the, the place, being so close to Edinburgh and, and quite central in the Lodians, um, has, has potential to be a great visitor attraction. And we probably want to realise that, um, that potential uh, so that the locals can come in here and have a great half day out or a full day out uh, and generally have a good time. Um, and I think it also helps for us to try and make the park more sustainable uh, financially, environmentally. Um, and we have a lot of liabilities, you know, we've got nine kilometres of wall, we've got a palace, lots of old buildings that clearly cost quite a bit of money to, to, to upkeep. Um, but also, yeah, we've got great nature, we've got a triple SI, so a site of special scientific interest in the old oak woods. There's only two of those that remain in Scotland. Um, you know, the Duckies Palace, Scotland was governed from Duckies Palace twice during its, its history. So there's some, there's some great heritage here, really. I think that I think people come here would enjoy seeing. And so, just tell us a bit about the experience. So, if, if I come along, you know, with my family, or say it's a nice sunny day, what, what, what would I experience here? Well, I think we try and, I suppose, offer people individual experiences. So you can come here and do anything you like. The park is free to enter, um, unless if you come by car, we charge a small car parking charge. But a lot of people just come here for walking the dog, a run. Some people might go and take the children to the adventure playgrounds. Or sometimes we might have people who come here for lunch or a bit of shopping. We now have Go Ape, um, which is a high rope um, uh, adventure course to add something for our uh, maybe older children and, and younger adults. So we're trying to offer a range of activities that would suit 
anything from an individual to a whole family. I would like to add more. So at some point, you know, I would love to have a, a great spa here. We just started a project looking at Darkly's Palace, uh, which is empty at the moment, to see how we can hopefully transform that into a visit attraction. And we'd like to do something um, art, cultural, and hopefully being transformational also to the wider town of Darkly's. And you can come and stay here now in the summer, can't you? Yes, we just started um, um, some uh, summer camping. Um, it's really just as a trial basis, but we feel that over time there might be potential for holiday accommodation. Might be camping, maybe glamping, which is quite a popular word at the moment, maybe the old holiday cottage. Again, just to broaden out the appeal. But I think, you know, we are very much um, a park, so nature and natural, a quiet setting is going to be important. So there'll be certain things that we will not do. You won't find roller coasters here or, or other things that we wouldn't find are fitting with the park, really. Now, obviously, the estate is still owned by the Buclou family. Um, you know, a very well-established family, you know, one of the kind of people you can trace all the way back. Are they open to change? Are they happy for change? Or are they caught in the 16th century still? No, absolutely not. I think, um, and I very much enjoy working with the family. They're very forward thinking. Um, they like to share this estate with, with people. Um, and, you know, the family do have, um, um, you know, some, some great collection of art, which is largely um, at the house at Bow Hill and, and Drum Lendwick. But yeah, here they're very happy. And in fact, the family are involved in the development of Darkies Country Park. What about the more corporate wedding site? You know, this is a lovely place I would have thought to come for a corporate event. Or do you do, you do all these? And, and how, would that, how does that structure itself? Yeah, well, we do anything, Jeremy. So if somebody wants something, <laughs> I'm sure we can make it happen. But no, we do weddings here. And I think you can see if we, where we're sitting today, if you look out the window, it's the orangery which historically was used to grow exotic vegetables, but people love it as a wedding because it's a slightly unusual structure. So we do weddings, um, but we probably do anywhere between 20 to 40 a year. Uh, we're not a specific wedding venue, so that's something we do extra. Um, we've had a few years now, the Skyscanner corporate event, which was great, So and now with GoApe. So we, we can offer all sorts of, and we do anything from, you know, Birthdays, christenings, we have done uh, funeral um, receptions, uh, yeah, I think. But I think the one thing we're trying to do is making sure that activities don't conflict with each other. So we want everyone to have a good time. And sometimes that can be challenging. You know, with that, we probably get a few hundred thousand visitors. And when you have people walking the dog and cycling and horse riding, you know, one of our challenges is actually how do you get all these people to use the space sensibly at the same time? And how do you eliminate conflict? This can be a bit challenging sometimes. And I think it's particularly hard for a farmer who is obviously trying to run a business but has to deal then sometimes with people leaving gates open and, and other things. So, But, um, you know, and you, you know this, I think there's a lot of house building happening in the wider area um, out at White Craig, near Musselburgh, in Shawfair. So we will become more and more sort of a green lung in oases mm. of houses and therefore there will be pressure on us to provide access and recreation, which we're very much aware of. We're only a, a few weeks away from a big Christmas day. Um, so what do you offer, what, what, what can I benefit in the next few weeks 
around Christmas. Well, you're probably now too late to book your slot with Santa because I think uh, Santa's very popular at Ducky, so he sold out quite a long time ago. But I think as most um, tourism organizations, obviously we try and extend the season. So we're doing more now around Halloween and Christmas and Easter. And Christmas, we have a, a, a light show called Festival of Spectacle of Light, which we run now for its fourth year. We do a Santa fun run where everyone dresses up in Santa suits and runs around the park. We have some choirs, we do some Christmas lunches, and it's actually become a very nice period for us and our visitors. And the team always look forward to Christmas. It's got that special magic, really, I think. so. And our only hope is always for it to be not too wet, because I think, you know, the car parks and the fields can suffer a little bit and we have had a lot of rain, so we'll wait and see. Obviously, we're going to have to wait and see what effect COVID has over Christmas. Hopefully, it's a distant memory, but it's still a memory, I'm sure, for you. Just did the park remain open during COVID, and what lessons over the last two years have you reflected on in regard to your business model around COVID? Yeah, I think COVID was for us, as for many businesses, uh, a challenging, uh, challenging period. I think as an outdoor destination, um, um, we were actually very busy because people stuck at home once it was allowed to do so, came here in the droves to walk, walk a dog, etc., etc. Um, so we've made a few subtle changes. So, for example, at Adventure Play Park, which previously um, you, know, you could turn up whenever you like, there was no capacity limits. We now have two sessions a day. We are only having a maximum of 450 adults and children. It's bookable online, which I think has worked well for us as a business, but I also think it's given a better experience for the customers. Um, so we've moved a lot of things more into online. And we've, been, we've been thinking about that pre-COVID, should we, should we not? You know, should we charge for car park, should we not? And actually COVID has helped us, and I think also other businesses, to make some decisions, uh, which in hindsight have been quite positive. And for our, we, we were lucky in, in 21, uh, we opened GoApe here uh, at the park, uh, which is a partnership with GoApe and a nationwide organization. Um, and for us, an outdoor experience that is safe, that was perfect timing, really, I think. And having a play park and walks and GoApe, we were probably quite well placed to deal with, to deal with COVID. And I think at the moment, you can still see there's some fear around, but it's a lot less than previous years. Uh, and you see it also even within our colleagues, uh, those that now have COVID seem to recover very well mm. from it. So I'm, I'm less worried, touch wood, for this winter, but we shall wait and mm. see really mm. how, it's, uh, how it pans out. Uh, without being too stereotyped, you don't have a typical accent of a Midlovian individual. So how did you end up here? In Sunny it's, it's a shame you say it, Jeremy, because I've tried for many years <laughs> to adopt a, a Scottish accent. Now, I came to the UK in 1999, um, uh, originally born in the Netherlands, so I've been in the UK for a long time. Um, I came to Edinburgh um, in 2015, working for Edinburgh Leisure, the local leisure operator, where you and I uh, met each other uh, the first time. Uh, and I, I really enjoy Edinburgh and the area uh, and the Lodians. I think it's a fantastic area, uh, lovely people, fantastic place. Um, and even the weather, which is normally uh, the complaint for most foreigners, I'm getting used to. So, and then I think this job came along in 2017. And I have a background in hospitality and tourism and heritage. I used to work for the National Trust. 
So a role here, working with all those elements and, and being relatively free to develop is a, is a great opportunity. So hopefully I'm here for many more years. Which kind of takes me on to, to, to my last question, uh, and the one I always like to finish with, and that's the kind of magic wand. So let me give you a magic wand. Out with, you know, no, no debt or having lots of money, um, what would it be for you? What would make the business easier to run or easier for you and your staff? I think there are obviously some smaller um, uh, practical things. You know, sometimes... Um, we end up with challenges around, you know, planning or dealing with, with you know, the politicians, etc., etc. But th these are sort of the small things that every business face. That's not a, it's not a major thing. I think for me, the end goal is that you know, I would like Darkheath Country Park to be sort of the premier destination in and around Edinburgh. So if I had a magic wand, that's what I would wish for. How we get there, I'm not entirely sure just yet, but I think we're on the right journey. So we'll just keep on doing a little bit more of what we've done over the last five years. Thank you. Thank you. It was so great to hear from Renko. It's been interesting to hear about the work of Dalkeith Country Park, and hopefully we can all visit as the weather gets better. We will put a link onto our website in the show notes, but you can go to it if you want to find out more. Thank you for listening to Out and About in Malovians. And I look forward to catching up next time.